Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can take off the mask, kick off our shoes, and take a deep breath of truth and encouragement. You know, we just get so busy and preoccupied and distracted with what's going on in our own little world, as well as what's going on in the bigger world, that it's not always natural to stop and take the time to listen to someone else especially just to hear their story, to hear their heart, to hear their burdens, to hear that far from perfect backstory that's gotten them where they are. Well, I am Jen Jewell, and I have the honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new episode into your earbuds every other Tuesday. And with me today as my co-host is my bold and beautiful good friend, Cindy Beal. Y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, where our husbands are both on staff. But in general, we are also just passionate about God's kids all over the world. So whether you're joining us from somewhere here in the States or somewhere else across the globe, whether you're currently on the treadmill or driving to work or hiding in the bathroom from your toddler, we are just so grateful to have you in this space. So a few quick housekeeping details, and in case you don't already know, you can actually subscribe to this podcast for free, ad-free, wherever you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also find all of the resources and links that are mentioned in this episode right there in the conversation notes. And y'all, we love it when you connect with us on Instagram and share how these stories are impacting you. So be sure and join us at The Messy Table Podcast. And just a heads up, be on the lookout for a bonus episode on the topic of race and reconciliation coming out next week. Well, especially during wild times like these, we want to be close to God, to seek His wisdom, to be led by His Spirit, and to act justly and love mercy in the world around us. And as you probably know, there are certain things that seem to expedite our connection to God, though of course He's never the one who goes anywhere. But things like digging deeper into scripture or getting out to be in God's creation or seeing his unstoppable, contagious love through each other. Another one of those powerful connection points is absolutely worship. Whether you're worshiping through music or simply worshiping with your life, we all worship something. So here at Life Church, a phrase that's lived out through our worship pastors and our worship teams is we are worshipers who build worshipers. And I just love that because their goal is not entertainment or even leadership, but first and foremost, worshiping our Savior and then leading others to do the same. And someone who does this so authentically is our guest for today's episode, Cassidy Estevez. Cassidy is the central ministry leader of worship arts at Life Church, who happens to be married to one of our other worship pastors who writes and sings and plays and produces beautiful content to help connect people to God. So needless to say, she's incredibly passionate about worship, not because it's a job, but rather for her, it's a way of life. But how does worship intersect the tension we face in life? When life is messy, when life gets hard, when it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Cassidy knows that tension and that we all need reminders of truth. First, so that we can believe it. And second, to worship anyway. Guys, no matter your story, I think we all can learn so much from Cassidy's perspective. And a little spoiler, you might even get to hear her stunning voice at the end of our chat. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Cindy and me for a chat with Cassidy. 
Hi, Cassidy. Welcome Hello. to the messy table. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We're glad you're here. We're so I feel excited. Like we should like sing a song. We should. Well, mm. with Cassidy, <laughs> maybe she Please should do. sing the song. Can you introduce yourself with a song? Yeah, uh, that would be super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cass, tell our listeners a little bit about you, mm-hmm. life, ministry, hubby. Anything serious? Anything silly? Enneagram? I know you're a big Enneagram gal. Anything? Tell us who Miss Cassidy Estevez or Estevez is. My husband likes to say Estevez. He sure does. I'm just sorry. (laughs) I don't know what it is. So go ahead. Tell us about you. Um, So I'm Cassidy Estevez. I am 23 years old. I'm an Enneagram 8 wing 7. Oh, come on. Uh, So yeah, I'm pretty opinionated. Uh, (laughs) I'm a huge Enneagram nerd, so I could talk about that all day. Oh, you should. I love to hear about the Enneagram. Enneagram, although I still will not commit to a number. So talk <laughs> about it. A seven. Um, <laughs> right. A seven or nine is what I hear. So. That's funny. Um, yeah. I'm an Enneagram eight wing seven. My husband is an Enneagram nine wing eight. So that makes for an interesting dynamic. If you know the Enneagram, I'm the challenger. He's the peacemaker Go with yeah. the flow. It's a, yeah. it's a good mix. And if people know Rob and Cassidy, they would see that very clearly. <laughs> for sure. So. For sure. We've been married a little over three years um, and we live here in Oklahoma. He's a worship pastor and I am the central ministry leader of worship arts at Life Church. Yeah. Okay. Break that down. What do you do for anyone <laughs> that, who's hearing that? That is the question. <laughs> well, what it's do a new role because you started right before quarantine. It is. And yeah. you've been a worship pastor for years. Yes. So I transitioned right before the quarantine hit. Like my first week was the week we, we shut, went, down, shut down, shut our doors for services. Um, so it's been a crazy season, but um, as a central ministry leader, I do a lot of things. Um, but mainly, my focus is just on the worship arts culture here at Life Church across all thirty-five locations. That's so great. It is such a good fit for her, and so many of the listeners know that Chris and I are at the Oklahoma City campus of right. Life Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassidy was our worship pastor for mm-hmm. a year, almost two and a half, and a half something like Ish. that, and so. With her transitioning to that new central role, we get her husband. Yeah, and so true. all this happened that in the pandemic. Out, <laughs> it worked out pretty good. I'm not going to lie. And so the pandemic happened. And so Rob was our new worship pastor. And he didn't even leave worship for two months. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, in, in person. So it was quite a transition we were yeah. all navigating. But now, sure. do you still get to come and sing with him sometimes? I do from time to time. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a blessing. Fun. So you've been married three years. Do you have any mm-hmm. tips for all the newlyweds all out the there? All the newlyweds. Oh, man. Talk about your feelings. Oh, talk yeah. about your feelings. Even if you feel like, oh no, this problem's going to go away. I don't need to talk about it. Just to have the conversation. Yeah, right. Just get Did it that out there. Come harder for you as an eight. Um, it comes difficult for both of us. Right. He's non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. I know he's non-confrontational, and so I don't want to start confrontation. Sure. sure. Um, so. Because you are, you're not afraid of that confrontation. No, you're I'm not, not bring it. I'm not going to incite it. Okay. But I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My husband's an eight, Come so on. eight seven as well. So <laughs> I'm actually. So you with know you. all about it. So I want to hear a little bit. You can give a short version, long version of uh-huh. how you and Mr. Rob met. <laughs> I know it was in college. So good. it was in college. So I'm originally from Southwest Florida and he's from New Jersey. Ah, so we Jersey met. Boy. Yeah, he's a Jersey boy. We both went to college in Virginia. So that's okay. where we met. Um, he is three and a half, four years older than me. Okay. So I was an incoming freshman. He was a super senior. Okay, We just kind of met in passing, um, had some mutual friends in the music program. And then um, he left. He actually came out here to Oklahoma to take a job at Life and Church. And weren't dating. We weren't dating. Oh, okay. We really didn't know each other super well. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so one of my friends ended up applying to Life Church shortly after Rob left. And he reached out to Rob just to kind of talk about like, 
give me the lowdown. Like, what do I need to know coming into this? Um, and so they talked and through all of that, details are still kind of fuzzy, but <laughs> my friend basically played matchmaker. He oh. told Rob that I was like interested in him, which oh I had not gosh. expressed. And then he told me that Rob thought I was cute, which I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> um, so, you said you had not expressed it, but you right. felt it. Well, I thought he was cute. Yeah. 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 I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. much about him. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, hmm, what am I supposed to do with this information? He's far away. It's pretty safe. So I just slid into his Instagram DMs. Oh, yeah, nice. you did. I yeah, did. did. Mm-hmm. I'm sure That's did. the lingo the young people use. <laughs> slide in there. Slide, slide into his DMs. And I'm like, if anybody <laughs> older than us heard that, they'd be like, that's inappropriate. Hey, back up. Back Wait, up. What are you talking about? Go it, ahead. It can be, but it was not. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me your hands. Christian sliding Show into me your hands. hands. <laughs> um, so we just never stopped talking. And so I did an internship in Northwest Arkansas that summer. And that's when we officially started dating. So that was the closest we ever lived to each other prior to being married. That was three hours distance. So Um, you never lived in the same town until you got married. We're crazy people. People tell us all the time. So when you first got married, was there a learning curve? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's no joke about that living together. Yeah. When you get married, you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, it's really it's different one thing to get dressed up and go on a date. It's another thing when yeah. like two weeks after our honeymoon, I had the horrible, awful stomach bug that oh. was coming out both ends. Oh, and Derek like, was trying to come in the bathroom and hold back my hair. And yeah. I was like, the honeymoon is over. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a different world. We wow. together all the yeah, time. It's so. for sure different. And now you guys are married three years. We are. Three years, three cats, and we're currently fostering three little kittens. So so we can say you're a foster mom. Lots of animals. Foster mama. Yeah, sure. Of these little darlings. They're really cute, by the way. Oh, my gosh. They're they're so cute. So kittens are so cute, but I'm really allergic. So we have a dog. Okay. What kind of dog? A golden. We just Aww. we got a quarantine puppy. We did yes. <laughs> did it. You it really has to did. happen. Has you to know, happen. we've been married fourteen years, and we we went for it. Our kids were begging. They wrote a proposal, and I'm like, "You're home for five they months." They wrote a proposal. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's they're going to the world. You know, um, speaking of my kids, so they just love you because Aww. we always have. Life Church Worship streaming on our TV. So they were super excited that I was interviewing <laughs> you today. And I've overheard them telling someone before, like, hey, that's Rob and that's Cassidy <laughs> and they're married. And so they think they know everything about that's you. so cute. So Aww. anyway, obviously worship is a huge part of your life. It's a yeah. huge part of your husband's life. So your family's life. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's a huge part of our church, the Bible. Um, and then you're also on the side of writing and creating and producing. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly spirit led. Mm-hmm. But it's also work and there's the creative process yeah, that goes sure. into it. So what does that look like for you and how does it all mesh? Man, um, that's, that's a multi-layered question. question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> for sure. Should have no, broken it up. Um, that's good. So worship for me has been kind of a lifeline through a lot of dark time in my life. So starting in middle school on, I battled with depression and anxiety and um, I was alone a lot of the time. I was homeschooled. So I didn't really have a lot of comfort. So it was through worship that God really like intersected with me to say, Hey, I'm close to you. I'm near to you. 
And so it was pretty early on in middle school that I realized like this feeling that I feel in worship, this presence that I I feel from the Lord when I'm worshiping him is what I want everyone to feel. Um, And it became pretty clear to me that my calling was to lead people in worship, to find that same intimacy and connection with God. And so pretty much everything I do now is informed by that. Like Mm. I I want people to understand that God is close. He is intimately concerned with everything that breaks your heart, no matter how small or insignificant you think it is. His heart is with the broken and the hurting. And yeah, so that that informs everything I do. And on the creative side, like if you listen to my songs, it's pretty straightforward. There's pretty much always like a, I am wretched. You are good. dichotomy <laughs> kind of situation. But really, that's like that's what I love about God is like this love that he has for us. It shouldn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We, we don't deserve it. He is perfection and we are sinful and it's kind of like a forbidden romance but yet it's everything to him oh, i like that and so That's that really blows good. me away yeah yeah so a thought just came to me do you remember the very first time you led worship and how old you were in Oof. like whether it was in front of a group of your family or at a church or in another setting mm. do you remember um i don't remember the exact first time okay. i remember i i joined the choir when i was 12 yeah you did i think i had my first solo when i was like 13 yeah do you remember, remember what that correctly. solo was the name? Uh, I don't know if this was the first one, but I remember doing God Speaking by Mendisa. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's I couldn't awesome. sing back then. It was pretty rough, but humble beginnings. You know? That's right. But it all started somewhere. So you say that, but like you have an amazing voice. Oh, yeah. Surely Thank it's you. always been. Like, did you think you were a good singer? Uh, back then because I, I, I've never thought I was a good honestly, singer honestly I was not a good singer back then I didn't like I didn't know how to sing I was just like kind of trying to fake my way through it I found my voice when I hit like 14, 15 did you do voice lessons? I did okay. yes yeah highly recommend voice lessons but some sure. people do voice lessons and you know it may not turn out that way <laughs> that's true that's true you kind of gotta <laughs> lean it's, into your gifting yeah there you go that's a good <laughs> way to put it accept feedback that's um, right yeah well, I was just curious. It just kind of came in my mind because I remember my yeah. first solo was Amy Grant's Thy Word when I was 16 Thy at the Baptist Church in my hometown. <laughs> so, yeah. It was yeah. such a good song. It's not a bad song. Yeah. It's old days. So, yeah. yeah. So, what you're saying basically is everything's interconnected as yeah. far as being led by God and the work that yeah. goes into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's no accident how God reveals himself to us Mm -hmm. the way he reveals himself to us i think speaks a lot about what plans he has for us what path he wants us to follow so i think it's really important to to just pay attention to those feelings and pay attention to his spirit as he's leading us um everything's been pretty clear to me since which is weird to say but since that time in middle school like there's nothing else that i've wanted to do Mm, there's nothing else that i've wanted to pursue like and and every not every door, but a lot of doors have just opened because of that obedience to what For he's sure. called me to. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So you're 23 years old, mm-hmm. um, young compared to me. Um, I could definitely <laughs> be your mom. I've been married longer than you've been alive. But I will say <laughs> that I'm so impressed with the wisdom that comes from mm-hmm. you. Um, I'm a firm believer that we can learn from anyone in any stage of life. Totally. If we're all willing to be teachers. And to share the experiences from our own classrooms. And yeah, so um, so I'm excited to hear from you in this podcast. So you mentioned earlier about depression, some mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, tell us about how God saw you through that. Yeah. The faithfulness he showed to you, what the journey looked like. Because for someone like me, I've not really walked in mm-hmm. that area except for like a couple of catastrophic life experiences. But 
it's definitely something you have navigated. I'd love to hear mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, for sure. My journey with depression has been pretty long. Um, it'll come and go through seasons. But I think what God has, has done in my life through all of that is remind me that even when things aren't good or even when I can't feel a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, right. he is still present. Sure. He is always there and he's all that I need. Mm-hmm. So I will have really low days where like I remember days where I couldn't get out of bed, where I was like failing classes in college and mm. friends were having to come and just like make sure that I was OK. But through all of that, like I was never going to give up because okay. um because I knew I had a purpose on my life. Mm. I knew that even though I didn't understand why I was feeling the way that I did, why I didn't understand why I couldn't get past these feelings, I knew um, that God was trying to teach me something through it. And the lesson has been different in every season. But one thing that is an undercurrent through all of it is that he's close. He's near. He's not going anywhere. Mm. And that's all we need. We don't need assurance of the future to hope in him. We don't need assurance of better days ahead to live out and walk in um, obedience, humbly submitted to God. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. So when this depression, anxiety started, was there a trigger of some sort or was it more just, I mean, I know there's all kinds of different reasons Mm -hmm. for depression and some of it might be hormonal or circumstantial or sometimes we're clinically diagnosed as depressed and sometimes it's Uh just those ups and downs. For you, was it one thing or was it kind of just multiple? So I I don't really know. I haven't been diagnosed with clinical depression. (laughs) I think mostly just because I haven't sought that out. Um, But it started, I think the first time that I experienced depression was when, like, if I reflect, I now recognize that when I was around age 11 is when I first experienced depression. Um, And I just remember the only way I knew to express it at the time was like, I would cry to my mom and be like, I'm just being little. Mm. Um, And I, I I don't know what triggered it. I, I know we moved when I was eight, I believe, from my, like my growing up home to a totally different community. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Right. But a lot of people deal with it and they don't have an actual, you know, big life trigger. Yeah. And which I think sometimes can be, at least from my friends who've experienced, have said that's hard because it's like, I don't have one, like nobody died or there wasn't this one thing, but there was this underlying just sadness that was there. And it can almost feel like... I should not be feeling this way. It can be like frustrating and maddening of like, some people have it so much worse than me. Like my life should be great. Why do I feel mm-hmm. like this? You don't want to feel that way. Right. And that just compounds right. the depression even more. Right. You're just depressed that you're spiral. depressed. And now you're depressed that you shouldn't feel depressed, but right. you're even mm-hmm. more depressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. What a cycle. Yeah. What a cycle. So you mentioned also that was kind of at the time you started venturing into music or maybe you're all, maybe it was yeah. always, a, did that bring some kind of, hope or escape from your current circumstances? Yeah. Even before I was involved in worship, music was a huge escape for me. It was just a huge outlet. Um, I was alone a lot growing up because I was homeschooled. And did you have siblings or no? I have one sibling. Okay. Yep. I have a younger brother. Um, He was in private school at the time. And uh, I remember I would just, I'd be home alone. I would go over to my piano and I'd write a little song looking back. Like my songs when I first started writing were terrible, <laughs> but they were what I needed in that moment. And I think, I think that's so cool about music that like, it's what you make it. It's mm. what you need it to be. Um, so music was for sure an escape for me. It still is. Yeah. And I talk about in my dark times, my depression times in my own life have all come from situations, mm-hmm. um, postpartum, and then when my marriage fell apart. So mm-hmm. definitely more of a uh, situational catastrophic kind of thing, not like yeah. a daily thing. 
But I'll tell you one thing, the times that it would get off of my mind is when I would go and worship. Mm. Whether I was sitting at the piano trying to play something one note at a time or I was just listening to songs. When I would focus on him and lift my worship to him, it was like the cares of the world subsided even for a moment. And if we can do that regularly, um, that is so powerful. Not only, I mean, not that worship is for us because it's obviously for our father and it's for adoring him and praising him and giving him all the glory. But man, there is something powerful that does Mm -hmm. happen within us. And it it reminds us of the truth. And it reminds us of the hope we have. Yeah, I think, yes, it is to bring adoration to the Lord first and foremost, but worship at its core is connection with God. Sure. Um, and in a relationship, in a connection with anyone, hopefully you're getting encouragement, satisfaction from both sides. And so, yes, we bring adoration to the Lord, but he also fuels us. He gives us strength in that moment of worship. Mm-hmm. And so even now, like when I'm leading worship, I am being refueled as I'm singing, as I'm pointing other people to the Lord. He is filling my cup and it's it's such an important thing. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of David, you know, obviously singer songwriter type yeah. of guy, but he's up, he's down, he's crying out yeah. to the Lord, just pouring his heart out. Mm-hmm. And then he's singing praises. And so it's kind and of he's all dancing over in the street, embarrassing his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, you know, he's reminding himself of the truth. Sometimes uh-huh. he's just telling God how miserable he is. Right. Yeah. And it's all the things. So where you're at right now in life, do you still battle? Do you have days um, of battling with I that do, depression? For sure. Yeah. I am not currently in a season of depression, but a couple months ago, I went back to therapy just to kind of work through some more mm. um, stuff that was coming up. And um, I, I fully expect it to just be an ongoing journey, mm. um, but I'm not afraid of it, even though it's going to be uncomfortable and it's it's not fun to walk through those seasons. I know that God will sustain me through all of it. Wow. Um, I have the right community around me and I, I'm not afraid of it. I would say or suspect that you're living out what Paul talks about, that it's in our weakness. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, like, you know, that in Cassidy's flesh and in your strength, you cannot overcome yeah. those depressive, anxious feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably strengthening your faith, even in the midst of it. Oh, and for sure. So I think it's important that everyone has an awareness of their weakness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it puts in perspective how great God is, because in our weakness, he's strong, like you said, and I think it goes back to that whole thing about the forbidden romance. Like it doesn't make sense that he would be strong right. in our weakness, but yet he is there. He is near. He's constant. He's so close to us. It's such a beautiful thing. I, I could never, <laughs> I could never, ever stop. Oh, it's so good. I love that confidence you have. And it's kind of like what Craig talks about, that God confidence. It's not mm-hmm. confidence in yourself, but it's confidence knowing even if I continue to face this, mm-hmm. like he's still going to be with me. He's still going to be near. So how have these experiences that mm-hmm. you've gone through and maybe still, you know, continue to go through, how does that influence your writing as you're writing mm-hmm. worship songs, as you're creating content for our church? Yeah. So it's a bias for sure, but I'm always like thinking through the lens of what is someone broken and hurting me to hear? Mm-hmm. Um, which starts with, what do I need to hear? It it literally starts with what what have I needed to hear in my life? Um, I think experience is the greatest teacher and often like that's our greatest resource of what we can pull from when writing songs is our life experience, especially as worship leaders, worship pastors. But yeah, I think, um, our life experiences are no accident. They're a gift from God and we can use everything, every pain, every hurt 
and turn it for his glory. Um, he's working all things together for good. And I think it's it's a unique spot that songwriters are in with regards to that, to be able to express that in a way that people can access. Mm. And so as I'm writing songs, I'm always thinking through the lens of what does a broken person need to hear? What does a hurting person need to hear? And so you'll hear that in a lot of the songs that I've helped write. One in particular comes to mind. Um, it's a newer song for our church. It'll be released in a couple of months, but we're doing it on the weekends here. It's called Never Will. And that song, whew, if I could take you back to the, the writing session, it was literally like a therapy session mm. for me. Like I had no expectation of it being that going in. But some of my co-writers were like, OK, so like what is what does someone going through depression need to hear? And mm. they had all these ideas of like, writing about how it gets better and writing about, you know, it's not always going to be like this. And I'm just over there in the corner. I was just sitting there thinking, I don't know if that's what someone with depression needs to hear. At some point, maybe yes. But I know that like the thing that I need to know when I'm going through those seasons of depression is that God's not going to let go of me. Mm. He's right there through every high and low. He's constant through it all. And those are the words of the song. The chorus goes, you won't let go of me. You won't let go of me you never will. That's how I write. I write from a place of what did I need? Mm. Um, that is so, so good. powerful yes. because, man, we do not want to go through hardships in life. We don't. Mm -hmm. I right. mean, you ask any human and we want comfort. We don't want there to be turmoil, mm. but we'll have it. it we yeah. cannot escape this life without it. And yet God in his sovereignty and his goodness says, you know what, Cass? I got you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death on more than one occasion. Yeah. And then you're going to tell about it. Yeah. And there is such power because some of these songs you've written and co-written and had a team of people around you. But, man, it is a heart's cry. Mm -hmm. And it's so powerful because there are so many people who are able to go, oh, I feel that way. Yeah. So that, that's really powerful. I love that the way the team is coming together and yeah. coming up with some really great songs that we can worship God and be connected with Him at the same time. And I think it's important, like you just said, to not go, okay, well, when this gets better or right. when the sun does start to shine again, because the truth is we don't know. We don't right. know what thorn is in someone's flesh. We don't know what kind of suffering they're walking through. And Cindy, mm -hmm. I think you've mentioned in another episode, which I loved, just that the only thing that we can cling to is God's faithfulness to never leave us, which mm -hmm. is kind of what you alluded to as well, Cass. Yeah. And it's not that we put our hope in a more positive outcome because sometimes that comes and it's so sweet and such a grace when it does, mm -hmm. but sometimes it doesn't come yet. God is still near, yeah. like you said. Yeah, that's so good. So Cass, as you walk through dark days and then you have days that are not dark mm -hmm. and they're, you know, healthy and yeah. you're, you're feeling good. Yeah. Um, what is it like for you to pull? I mean, obviously God is pulling you out of the trenches, but you do have a part to play. And so what oh, are sure. those things besides music and writing? And that's so powerful and so very pertinent for where you are and what you do. But like, what else? What else brings you hope and what else helps you kind of gradually climb? You know, mm. is it the word? Is it people? What is mm. that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me has just been being consistent with showing up to community and to worship. It's really hard as an introvert, like community is already a challenge for me to right, maintain. Like right. it drains me. I love people. <laughs> I love them. But I'm I'm pretty drained. Sure. So when you're when you're in a depressive season, you're drained already. And yeah. so it's kind of hard to show up. Mm. But I think just staying in contact with um, those few key people who who lift you up, whether it's just a best friend who kind of knows like what you're going through or your spouse. 
Um, it's so important to just let people in on your inner world and then worship, worship through it all. The more difficult seasons of depression I've gone through, the more difficult ones to get up out of um, have been the ones where I was not faithful in like worshiping and showing up and staying in God's word and staying in prayer. Um, it is a discipline and it becomes a lot more difficult when you're in a depressive season. Mm. Yeah, because you don't but, feel like it. Yeah, you right. don't feel like it's a anything. Yeah, but you just have to push yourself to do the disciplines because for me, remembering the why behind doing those things is what, what allows me to keep doing them, to keep showing up. And the why is that God is our source of strength. He's our source of hope to persevere. And we need that in, mm -hmm. in a depressive season more than more than ever. So right. consistency with the small things. So going off the rails a little bit here. This what about be. Mr. Uh, I keep calling Mr. Rob. I sound like he's like a, uh, has a talk <laughs> show Mr. or Rogers, something. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Um, what does Rob, how does he help you navigate these seasons? And I would think knowing his Enneagram, there's a piece about Rob. For those yeah. people who don't know Rob, they are just mm. not blessed yet because he <laughs> is a delightful presence. He's and great. I just and I know you're a big fan of him. Sure so what does that look like? How does, does he help you? Will you sing to me, Rob? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> he, he's just a really peaceful presence. Um, he, he has never dealt with depression, anxiety type stuff. So he doesn't have that personal understanding of what I'm going through, but he is for sure a listening ear and just um, a peaceful support to be like, do you need anything? Like, how are you feeling today? So if you are someone listening and you have a loved one that's walking through depression, I would say like one of the, the best things you can do is just be present. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know what to do, it can feel awkward at times, but you presence is really the biggest gift that you can offer to someone. Is that what you have found is maybe some people who didn't understand your journey with depression, oh, yeah. that they just want you to snap out of it. Yeah. Just mm. come on, Cass. Yeah. Put on just, a happy face. This is the day the Lord has made. Let right. us rejoice. I mean, like. <laughs> right. And I find most of those people are, are well-meaning. They, sure, sure. they just don't understand that it's not as easy as snapping out of it. Yeah. And it's not as easy as just realizing how good you have it. I say that with air quotes. Right, right, right. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. And I do want to mention also that, you know, you mentioned therapy, you mentioned God's word, you mentioned mm -hmm. friends, and we are definitely pro medication when needed. And so be sure and consult a doctor if For you, sure. especially if that sounds like a uh, <laughs> commercial you're doing a disclaimer on a medication. Well, I just want people to know, like, sometimes <laughs> that is include. necessary. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite things that I've always heard Craig say is that, you know, we do everything we can and we mm -hmm. trust God with the rest. And Absolutely. there's no shame in a variety of different sources to help us. True. And so we just have mm -hmm. to do what's necessary. So, sure. So this is kind of a backwards question as well. But what have been the gifts of being in the trenches Ooh. that God has used yeah. for his glory? I think when you're at your lowest point, this is a cliche. I'm pretty sure I've heard this before. <laughs> it's when you hit rock bottom that all you have left to do is look up. Mm -hmm. um, and when I'm in those darkest seasons is when I've seen God's face most clearly. I've seen his heart most clearly. And that to me is a priceless gift. Like I wouldn't trade that for the world. And so every time I, another depression season starts to arise, I kind of brace myself and I know that I'm going to learn something more about God's character through it, even mm. though it's going to be painful, even though it's not a good feeling. I, I always know that he's going to teach me something and reveal himself to me. So that is, that's the greatest gift. That's good. Yeah. And it allows you to minister from a place sure. of I've been there. Yeah. 
which I think is what makes a lot of the things that you write so powerful. You know, I'm thinking there's most of our listeners who are familiar with you. They're probably surprised that you have walked this road and Mm -hmm. that it's, like you said, probably part of your journey unless God just comes in and says, hey, you're done Mm -hmm. and great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, But he's still good regardless. Right. Yeah. And so I bet a lot of them were probably like, wow, I never would have thought because she's, you know, on a stage. But I think and you can speak to this, but like. There's probably been some Sunday mornings, some Saturday nights, some live recording sessions, some worship nights that maybe you didn't really feel like being up there. Yeah. How do you push through that? Because you are leading people mm-hmm. to worship God. Yeah. How do you push through that? For me, it's remembering the moment that I was called into worship and remembering the why. Um, when I was back in middle school, it, he revealed to me like through worship and his interaction with me that the purpose for my life was to lead people to intimacy with him through worship. And so that informs everything I do. So when it's hard, I just have to remember this is why I'm doing it. This is worth it. I can power through my feelings and my apathy and my tiredness because I know that this matters. Mm -hmm. And Um, maybe it's hard for the people showing up too, for sure. So we're in it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Cass, everything has been so you have such nuggets of wisdom and mm-hmm. insight. Again, 23 years old and such wisdom. And right. I just, I can't wait to see where that takes you and all your life experience. And and so we're finishing up this one little segment. Is there something we haven't asked? Is there something you want to leave as an encouragement? Like maybe someone even walking in, in mm. and out of depression like you have and, and continue yeah. to. I, I would say um, no matter what season you're walking through in life, this is comforting. But Jesus is so close to you wherever you are whether you're listening from your car listening on your phone um just know that jesus sees you there is nothing no worry no concern um no pain too small there is nothing insignificant to him his heart for you is extraordinary and he sees you he's close to you he's never going to leave you um he is constant and he is your source of strength so that's good lean into him Yes. And that's from the words of someone who has been in some really dark days. And so we appreciate that. That's That's right. Well, everyone loves a good recommendation. And so we'd love to hear what resources, whether that's books, podcasts, Bible studies, music, just Uh what would you want to pass on and be sure everyone knows. Something that we're like, oh, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I should be better about reading books than I am. Girl, book no recommendations. We're, we're not putting guilt no, on you. No, right? Just, I know it doesn't not. have to be a book. <laughs> um, the YouVersion Bible app, I can't sing its praises enough. Mm. Um, there are resources upon resources, Bible plans upon Bible plans for any season that you're walking through, but especially darkness and depression. Yeah. Um, and I love that you can do these plans with friends. Um, that has been just such a such an incredible way to support and encourage my friends as we walk through life together. So that's that's, really that's probably my biggest that's ride awesome. or die. Hey, and just so you know, I don't like to read books either. So <laughs> and I finally learned that I <laughs> I'm an auditory learner, yes. so that's probably why. So Same. I listen. So when I find a book that I want to read, I listen uh-huh. to it. And listen to it on Audible yeah. on one and a half speed because I, I'm time actually is a, money. It is. And <laughs> but if it's a real slow talker, you can go one point seven five. And on the really slow people, two, two times. times. Mm. But you gotta build up to you gotta, you gotta go slow. Up. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Otherwise they sound like little chipmunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That surprises me that you're not a huge book I'm not. reader because you're a book writer. I know. However, I'm with you on the Audible. And it's it's not that I don't love a book. It's that I can't stay. Sit there. I just can't stay. I can't comprehend yeah. so much 
and I have to go back and read it, and it's frustrating. So that's what no. it is for me. So I listen to it, and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, listening right. rocks. Yeah. Obviously, we're on a podcast. <laughs> yes, you can podcast, message table. You can do whatever you want, and that's still awesome. Listen. Very good. All right, so we're going to end a little bit differently today, and we're going to link a song that you have sang for our church. Good and on. so first, would you just give us a little behind the scenes on some of the different songs that you've been a part of writing or singing yeah. and what that looks like? Yeah, so I've been a part of a lot of the songs that we've written for Life Church Worship and for Switch. But the song that comes to mind, we actually just released on June 19th. It's called Heavens All Around. Yes. Um, my so husband good. my husband sings on this song and so it's, it's I'm so biased. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but um we wrote this song. It's crazy. We wrote it before all the quarantine stuff happened um, and it really just kind of became a theme song for our church through that season of separation to remind us that Jesus is close to us even when we can't be close to each other just one of my favorite songs that I've ever had the privilege of being a part of um, so that's out now and then I mentioned our song never will that one is actually coming out in July so just a few weeks from yes, today so um, good. that'll be and our church available. has already been singing yeah it. our church has mm-hmm. been singing it people have have really really latched onto this song and yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that one to come out. So there's another song. I'm just going to because I know all the songs. too. <laughs> um, you are that you guys yeah. were a part of writing. It's probably what year and a half ago, maybe a little longer, maybe a little longer, something like that. Yeah. Uh, written for Pastor Craig's daughter, Mandy, yeah. and the illnesses she has faced. Um, man, what, what was that song writing like? Because I know a lot of people mm-hmm. probably participated in that. What was that like? Yeah. So that was a group of four of us. Um, and we just we wanted to write a song that was for Mandy and also accessible to people going mm-hmm. through any sort of unknown right. season. Kind of inspired by if her you, story. Yeah. If you don't know Mandy's story, she um, was wrestling, not really wrestling, but like she couldn't figure out what was going on with her health for the longest time. Um, she has since been diagnosed with chronic fatigue, some chronic pain. It's been an ongoing battle for her. And in this, in the middle of this initial season of unknowns, we just wanted to provide her with some encouragement. Um, and so we wrote this song called You Are. It says, even in the unknown, I know that you are good, even in the waiting, you know, as she's waiting to figure out what's next. So she's waiting to figure out, you know, what is my future going to look like? Um, you are good. You are good. Jesus, you are. Mm. And I think that speaks to a wide array of, of oh, yeah. people's life experience. Um, that no matter that what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God is good. Even when we don't see what's ahead. That's so good. It makes me teary just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Remember in that that time or the video that you guys were all on the back porch and yeah. singing that. It was just mm-hmm. a sweet memory. Mm-hmm. I think about that. So Cass, the last song mm-hmm. um, that hit, what do they call it? The radio these days? <laughs> <laughs> the Spotify? Um, the Spotify I don't know. Like the Walmart. Yeah, the Walmart. Um, the last song that, that released that you sang was Count Me In. Mm-hmm. So it came after Symphony and, and Symphony was incredibly successful in the billboards. I think Count Me In probably has been too. I don't know all the stats. <laughs> but talk to us a little bit about that song and behind it and the whys and, and what yeah. God was showing you. So Count Me In is the second single we've released off of our Symphony EP under the artist Switch. So there are two artists at Life Church. There's Life Church Worship and there's Switch. Both a little bit different. Life Church Worship is the worship side. Right. Switch is more of the contemporary, uh, modern, just kind of more like top 40 yeah. style yeah. Christian music. So 
Count Me In was really inspired by, okay, so how do we move forward from, you know, when we're faced with seasons of anxiety, when we're faced with challenges in our lives, like, do we stop? Do we pause? Do we cease to run the race that's set before us? And the answer is no, we don't. And so that song was written kind of as just a declaration that whatever comes, count me in. I'm not going to let the race overtake me. I'm not going to let this anxiety phase me. Whatever comes, count me in. So we're really proud of that one. It's one that people have come back to time and time again. And um, we also, our creative media team here at Life Church shot a dope music video it for it. It was so <laughs> cool. It made me look way cooler than I am. Yeah. No, you're pretty cool. Ah. Yeah. But uh, seriously, cool. yeah, nothing like a little reverb to make it sound even better. <laughs> I just, I'm just kidding. No, you don't need help in that arena at all. Uh, Cassie, you're awesome. And just thank you so much for, Thanks for having me. being willing to share and also for pouring into our church so that yeah. we can also worship. Thanks so much. We love it's it. It's been an honor. One more step, one more exhale as I fall away. Feel my heart as it's racing down the path you set for me. When the Oh, I, even when my legs are 
gonna give up that easy. 